just wanted to, to greet you. I wanted to thank you all for your prayers. I wanted just to give a brief update. Uh, we, we, you know, uh, we're over on that side of the building, if you will, but we're not that far away. And just want to continue to update you on what God is doing at Maranatha School of Ministry. We have a tremendous faculty, a group of students, uh, the fruit the growth in their life is so evident. They have survived midterms this year, and uh, Brother Barry is just constantly putting them in the place of prayer and travail and fasting. I didn't give a midterm, go figure. I just said uh, they'll, they'll, they'll learn enough in those classes. But we're uh, getting ready to head into Thanksgiving break and then finals the first week uh, in December. Um, if you uh, have forgotten or I can just remind you, I want to encourage you as a church family to come out on our once a month Sunday night services that are all student led. It will help to introduce you to um, not only the fruit in their lives, but they uh, would love to have you join them. Uh, tonight's service is at six o'clock. We will be hearing from Caleb Everidge. Can we give Caleb a round of applause? Caleb will be preaching and Brennan Nichols. Where's Brennan? <laughs> Brennan will be bringing the word in our Maranatha worship team. So it's in the other chapel. We do have a whole other side of the building here at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, we'd love to have you come out and support the student body and what God is doing at Maranatha. And then lastly, uh, we have just returned from our national prophetic conference up in North Carolina. Many of you might have seen the pictures, and I just want to explain one story quickly because I've counted 18 people already have asked me about the picture. So I just want to share real quickly. We did send our Maranatha students up there in a couple of buses. Again, God bless Barry Nichols. Father Barry drove one of the buses up that left at 2-something a.m., and we had the first night of the conference, and as all the Cub Bears and Father Barry Bear just started resting, there was a pipe that busted in the hotel on the third floor that caused a complete hotel evacuation, water running through the walls, and so that meant about two hours of sleep. And of course, there was three sessions that day and the next day, and um, they got baptized into some good old-fashioned ministry. I know Brother Horton could say amen. You know, you said yes, and you don't really know what you're saying yes to. But at the end of the conference, I had concluded our time together with a message called the Cornelius Effect. And many of you know that I'm currently very burdened for President Trump and the impeachment hearings. And I'm also uh, been tracking with Kanye West. Um, was also in touch with his pastor yesterday. Uh, be on the lookout for some truly exciting updates there. Um, but I felt like the Lord had put a message on my heart um, instructing the church about what we're going to begin to see him do in the days ahead that's truly outside of the box. And there was a man named Jeffrey McCall who has heard of Jeffrey. I interviewed him on my television show. If you're not familiar with him, you can type in The Watchman's Corner on YouTube and pull up all our episodes that air every Monday night. But Jeffrey is an ex-transgender who formerly went by Scarlet. 
as a woman and lived in that lifestyle, a very dark lifestyle, and had a radical conversion to Jesus Christ. I, I don't believe in the once gay, always gay. I hate to even say that, but that's just out there all the time. But he's truly had a radical transformation. And one of the things that's broken my heart is no one wants to invite him in the church. Because we don't want to hear that. And oftentimes the church doesn't want to be confronted with many of their own sons and daughters who are currently in that kind of lifestyle. And so Jeffrey was not slated as one of the speakers, but I just really had it on my heart to give him about a 10-minute window just so that he can share what he's doing. He's currently doing freedom marches where, I don't know if you remember the the, um, shootings at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. There was a gentleman there that was shot, I think about six times, that in the pool of blood said, cried out to the Lord and said, if you'll rescue me, I'll give my life to you. And so the Lord radically saved his life at the Pulse nightclub. He's totally converted to Jesus Christ and him and Jeffrey and about 10 others are doing these life freedom marches around the nation openly inviting people out of that lifestyle, trying to rally support. And so I believe they represent a coming move of God. I believe that there's going to be a mighty revival in America. You don't have to clap. It's coming anyways. I'm that convinced. So whether you want to get behind it or not. But there's a revival coming to the LGBTQ community. I've prophesied to Jeffrey on multiple occasions. I believe he has a true Lonnie Frisbee anointing. And if you know Lonnie Frisbee in the Jesus movement uh, was a man that God used in miraculous signs and wonders but fell back into homosexuality because of the lack of fathering in his life. And I believe that's where you and I come in. We can partner with men like Jeffrey in the call in his life. So to make a long story short, I felt like I was supposed to orchestrate uh, kind of a supernatural occurrence to conclude the conference where I had invited Jeffrey up at my session. So he had shared at a 10-minute window, and I said, hey, would you just come back at night? And so I, um, after my message talking about what God is about to do outside the box, I invited Jeffrey to come up, and um, I felt like the Lord wanted us to wash his feet. But it was more than just a foot washing. It was representative of washing the shame off of a generation. And I felt like God wanted me to call up some fathers. So I spontaneously asked about 20 fathers in the crowd to come down and surround Jeffrey and actually have fathers wash the feet. I want to continue to stand like I've stood in this pulpit for more than nine years and tell you that I believe that the baby boomer generation, the fathers and mothers, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even beyond, you have a responsibility in this generation to help to wash and and break the power of shame and guilt and condemnation off of a generation. The very first father that got to Jeffrey was literally wailing and began kissing his feet. His own son struggling with homosexuality for more than 20 years raised in the church. 
So you can imagine even the redemption story, something supernatural began to happen. Jeffrey was crying. Just a, just a powerful occurrence. And then I thought the Lord asked me to break the back of poverty off of his life. He has this calling. He's traveling in this little broken down rinky-dink car and again can't even get any invitations from churches to share his story and in a matter of five minutes we took up a fifty-one thousand dollar offering for Jeffrey in five minutes come on somebody give a shout of praise fifty-one thousand dollars See, I get to take up the elder appreciation offering today. Some of you are scared now. Praise God, oftentimes in the church, people pledge money and they don't give. I hate to say that. But can I tell you, this week, all 51,000 came in. All 51,000. So, that's the story. If you saw it online, it went viral to the 18 of you who I told wait. There it is, and others of you that didn't even know about it. I just invite you to openly rejoice in what God is doing in this generation and keep Jeffrey in your prayers. I met him after service, and he literally did not even have $100 for a hotel room and was going to stay in his car that night. Imagine that. Imagine walking into a meeting, you're having to sleep in your car at night, and then God gives you $51,000 just as a kiss of I believe in you and the call on your life. Just stunning. All right, will you grab the hand of the person next to you? Is some of you love to make fun of me for doing that. It's like typical Jeremiah Johnson. This is just my attempt that we're family we're united no matter your race, your age, because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. He's bonded us together. I love this church family. I love what God is doing. I want to encourage you, whether it's Wednesday nights, uh, married group on Friday night, um, just, just God's doing some great stuff here. And today is Elder Appreciation Sunday. Uh, we did give out letters a couple of weeks ago, whether you got one or you didn't. Um, in the church world, October is usually Pastor Appreciation Month, and we're kind of getting uh, to it a little bit late. But nonetheless, I wanted to take a Sunday and honor David and Barry and Brandon and their wives and talk a little bit about them, love on them, uh, read uh, some scriptures to us and have um, an opportunity for us to um, love and serve and sow into our elders at the end of service. So just want to ask God's blessing on our time today. We appreciate you uh, being here, even if you're just a guest or a visitor. Um, I believe what you're going to hear is the Word of God, and I would encourage you to find a family uh, that God is connecting you to. Uh, we were not meant to struggle alone. Life is hard enough. And one of the greatest blessings of being a part of a family of believers is the bearing of one another's burdens the sharing of life together, it is a great blessing. Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for this great privilege and this great opportunity. Father, just to 
Um, Lord, obey your word. Lord, we don't live above your word. We live underneath your word. But yet there's great joy. Lord, even in this Thanksgiving season, Lord John said, the commands of the Lord are not burdensome. And I pray, Lord, rather than a burden today, Lord, we would come into agreement, Lord, with cheerful giving. Lord, out of the generosity, Lord, out of the abundance of joy and gratitude toward our elders and their wives for their services and their sacrifices, God, we just pray that something mighty would erupt today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you have in your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. As I mentioned, today's a special day for me. I consider it a high privilege to honor our elders and their wives. I've mentioned before over many years growing up as a pastor's son, I saw firsthand uh, not only the sheer joy and delight that my parents had in helping taking care of God's people, but I also saw the tremendous responsibility and struggles that can come over the years within a pastor's life and marriage and family due to caring for the people of God. I've also mentioned in 2010 when God called me to plant this church, I had had an open vision. And as God asked me to plant Heart of the Father ministry, I've often said I bawled my eyes out. And the reason why I bawled my eyes out is because I really do take seriously the call. And having grown up a pastor's son, I was very sobered at the invitation to help shepherd the people of God. I remember in 2012, we have shared our church planning journey when I was formerly an elder and we were barely making it and there were a lot of days where I felt like quitting and I was working more than 60 hours a week and praying and fasting and helping to pray and believe and talk to Barry back then and then David about dreaming about where we would get even today. And I remember a visitor came down. We had, were just about two years in, and he shook my hand in the communion line, and he said, Kid, I'd love to work one day a week. I'd love to work one day a week. And as a young church planner, that was pretty much like a knife in my heart. I have fond memories of us at Heart of the Father not being able to pay the, the air-conditioned bill during the week. So in the summers, I could never turn it on. So I would study, as I did back then, more than 40 hours a week in the Word of God in prayer. And I would be profusely sweating in the office and just cutting the church grass. We rented a, a property there where in order to pay the rent, I agreed to cut the church grass. So I would preach on some Sundays and we'd be cutting the grass trying to figure out what in the world we would do. Um, I remember uh, the pain of ministry and just trying to find my own way. I was scheduled to preach on several Sundays and I flat out told the Lord, if you do not get me drunk in the spirit, I literally cannot stand and preach today. 
People probably thought I was down at the altar having an encounter with the Lord, and I, was, I probably was. But I was literally telling him, Lord, if your spirit does not come upon me, I'm pretty much done. For the first five years of Heart of the Father, for me personally, I made less than $500 a week. I worked as hard as I could. I felt the sting. The sting. I felt the love of even our elder team then. But one day, a couple came into the church, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I'd never seen them before, and at that point, I was pretty much close to burnout. Morgan was sick that day with Bella, who was just very young, and this person came after service and said, I'd like to take you on vacation. The problem was, even though they were a visitor to the church, I literally did not know them at all. And a vacation sounded like the best thing someone, it was like back then a million dollars, like, thank you, God. And I went home and told my sick wife, yeah, some random guy came to church today and said, hey, can I take you on an all-expense paid vacation? You look tired. Man, that was prophetic. Within a couple of days, we went on vacation with that couple it was one of the greatest breaths of fresh air, and for the last eight years, they have taken us on a paid vacation, just simply sowing into us as pastors, pouring out our hearts, and them pouring back into us. I want to say emphatically, as the founder and overseer who is no longer an elder at Heart of the Father, that I personally believe that all elders' vacations should be paid for by the church. Thank God I can say that now and I'm not an elder. Ha ha. <laughs> Let me share with you some statistics by Pastoral Care and Lifeway Research Center about pastoral work because I get that much like the guy who came down and thanked me for one day of work a week. There are a lot of people who just don't really understand what pastors do. And I want to give David and Barry and Brandon the honor that they're due by explaining to you a little bit of some of the statistics that are out there. 72% of pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours per week. 80% of all pastors believe that pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. Many pastors' children do no longer do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents. 80% of pastors experience fierce conflict in their church weekly. 75% report experiencing monthly financial difficulties, and 50% of all pastors say the demands of ministry are constantly overwhelming. I'm certainly not attempting this morning to place blame or guilt on anyone in this room regarding the call and demands on pastoral leadership, but rather paint a picture of what many of them go through, including our elders, and how we can best honor them and show them the gratitude and thanksgiving that they're so due. 
We're going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 today. And as I've often said, I've had the privilege of walking with Barry and David and Brandon now for, for many years And as one who has traveled around the nation and rubbed shoulders now with thousands of pastors and leaders, I believe that we have some of the finest men and their wives in all of the body of Christ. It is such a blessing to walk into this church and never have to wonder if any of them are living in sin. I know there's a lot of desires out there in the charismatic church for power and signs and wonders and miracles and the manifestation of the Spirit. And unfortunately, in our day, where a lot of that is happening, there's also a lot of immorality happening. We have taken great pains at Heart of the Father to remove a central figurehead. You know, I want to tell you that in honoring leaders, we're not dishonoring Jesus. I think that our elders, all of us, have had a distaste for some of the propping up on a platform that we oftentimes see. But I want to tell you here, we don't have that problem. Why? Because there's a difference between honor and worship. We're not worshiping leaders today. In fact, if you think that's going on, you haven't had a pulse the last few months or years. I have no problem being excited in preaching today on honoring our elders because I believe we have tried to the best of our knowledge to give Jesus Christ the preeminence that really only He deserves. He is the head of the church. He is our chief cornerstone. He is who we should build our lives upon. We're not about getting people dedicated or committed to a denomination or even heart of the Father ministry. We believe that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. However, the scripture does teach to honor our elders. And so that's what we're doing here today. It does not dishonor Jesus to honor our spiritual leaders. However, it does dishonor Jesus to worship spiritual leaders. Are you with me? So let's look at some scriptures. What does the Bible say about honoring church leaders? 1 Thessalonians 5.12 But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. One more time. We request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you may esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, Verse 17. 
All right, you ready? I've never heard this preached here in almost 10 years. I've never heard this preached here in almost 10 years. So before you flip out at obey your leaders, there really is no agenda. This is not a text that we have used to submit rebellious and unruly people and you better obey your leaders at heart of the Father or, or else. In fact, I believe God wants to set a new precedent today. If you look on the internet about Pastor Appreciation Month or Sundays, it's honestly kind of hilarious because the people preaching the sermons are pastors themselves. So they typically write in their sermons, this is awkward. I'm teaching you what the Word of God says about obeying your leaders, and that's me. So it sounds kind of self-serving, but I can stand before you today here and say, well, thank God I'm not an elder. Nothing of this today benefits me in any way, so I can preach it, and you can only blame me. So let's look at verse 17. (laughs) Obey your leaders and submit to them. I just really felt like I was supposed to let the Bible talk today. You know, we love to shoot the messengers so we don't have to listen to the message. We don't like their genes. We don't like the way they're preaching, the way they look. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) Obey those who rule over you. Now, I'm going to do the best that I can to help you understand the Greek. Because again, there are many people in here, you have been exposed to a form of leadership that was not honoring, it was worshiping. And so when you start hearing this terminology of obey, there's something in you that just starts twitching out. And we're not sure if it's a demon or it's just the Holy Spirit. Obey those who rule over you. A better translation of rule would really be lead. It would be to care for. Okay, I I don't believe, and again... If you think any of our elders are doing this, you really don't know them. I know of no instance in almost 10 years where an elder has ever pulled a rank card of, I'm here to rule you, I'm, I'm an elder, you need to obey me. But let's look at this, obey those who rule, who lead the calling of church leadership is really twofold, to lead and defeat, to lead and defeat. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. Remember when I told you I cried in 2010 about God calling me to plant part of the Father ministry? This is what I thought. Do you know that church leaders have to give an account to God for your soul? I literally cried my eyes out and I thought, oh my gosh. 
I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for the sheep that you, for the people of God that you've given me. Why should we obey? Why should we submit? Because we're entrusting ourselves to the care of under shepherds. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd, but they have to give an account. I want to point out Emery Keene here. He didn't know that I was going to do this, but Emery has been a great addition, him and his wife, to our church for many years now. And there was a decision that I was making that Emery didn't like. And don't worry, we're friends. We had lunch last week. It's all good. And his response to me was interesting. He said, even though I don't like your decision, I know that God called me to this church. I know that he's given you, he's given me underneath your care. And then he added, and I know you're going to have to give an account for my soul. <laughs> Could the same not be applied to wives submit to your husbands? Well, I don't think he's a good decision maker. He doesn't pray like I pray. Yeah, isn't it a lot easier to submit, though? Wives, submit to your husbands. I forget what comedian said it, but wives, you want to submit to your husbands. In other words, to go low so that when God swings, he hits them and not you. But if we're submitted and we're obeying our spiritual leaders, we're in a healthy place where we have to trust. And again, I want to just be that guy because they would never brag on themselves. This is a praying. This is an eldership full of integrity. These are men who just met for hours just yesterday concerned and caring for your soul. Now, of course, as a church grows and gets larger, a lot of us wish we could go back to when there were five people. I really don't. I'm grateful for the growth, but I just have a different perspective. But of course, as we grow, we're cared for in certain ways. But we have to give an account. Let them do so with joy and not grief. How you doing? Are you a burden to your elders or are you a joy? When they look at you, are they backing up or are they making steps toward you? Well, they're not really friendly, are you? See, I can say stuff now. They don't invite me over their house. Have you invited them over your house? Relationship is a two-way street, right? We, ju we just can't be demanding and placing they need to do this and they need to do that. Have you opened up your heart? Lord, I want to be a joy. I want to be a blessing to the spiritual leaders that you've put in my life. I don't want to be a burden for that would be unprofitable for you. 
So it, it started out with church leaders being accountable to the Lord, but now it shifts back to the people of God being accountable to the Lord. So church leaders are accountable for the sheep, their soul, but the saints are also accountable for what kind of impact or effect that they had on the elders. Have I lost anybody yet? Anybody ready to... All right, how we doing? I can't hear you. We good? First Timothy chapter 5. Derek, how am I doing? Kirkman, I'm doing all right? All right, thank you. First Timothy 5. Hallelujah. I'd love to read verse 1 because that's just so interesting, but that's not for today. All right, 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders who rule, and there's that word again, as it was in um, the, the um, what was the first one? The Hebrews passage. But again, here's from the Thayer's theological to let the elders who give attention to, um, who superintend, who protect, who are the guardians, who give aid and care for. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. So now we've shifted out of honor to double honor. Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. I probably spent close to 20 hours this week looking into all these passages, reading scholars, reading commentaries, all of these kinds of things to make sure if anybody wanted to come up and debate me about how ticked off they are that we really honored elders once in 10 years. And the way that we're doing today, I know that we've done it in the past but I really want to make a statement today. When it says double honor, it means that we should be paying them financially. People will say, well, we shouldn't be paying preachers. Well, I beg to differ. I believe the, script, the scriptures beg to differ. Those who labor at the preaching and teaching of God's word are not only worth double honor, paying them financially, but part of the double is honorariums as well. So those who labor at the preaching and teaching of God's Word, well, I give my tithe to the church, that should be enough to pay them. Well, that's single honor. Double honor is also going out of our way to give them gifts like we're doing today. Has anyone ever heard of a Pentecostal handshake? Who has not? All right, let me break the spirit of poverty off your life. I was introduced to the Pentecostal handshake at like four years old because I told you my, my dad pastored a church. So a, Pente a Pentecostal handshake, and some of you in here know this well because you are people in the past 
who I literally didn't have any money to take my family out to lunch after church. And thank you for Pentecostal handshaking me, some of you. <clears throat> okay, it's awkward. Pentecostal handshake is you just put some money in your hand like this, and the person you want to bless in secret, you just kind of shake their hand like this. Have a great day. And you just walk on and you let them keep the money. I bless you with all of that. Pentecostal, may the spirit of poverty be broken off of your life. No, Dave, let's just let Dave keep it just for fun. It was only 12 bucks. But today we're talking more about I give my tithe, I'm a faithful member, but part of honoring our elders doubly is saying, Lord, when I have a little extra, maybe instead of buying something that could benefit me, one of the questions I wanted to ask us today is, do you believe that you're fed spiritually well here? Do you believe that you're fed spiritually well here? I believe that's why many of you are here. Because you drink from the well of worship. There's strong preaching here. There's depth. There's insight. You can tell we're not winging it. Who would walk into a steakhouse and not pay for the steak? Nobody. Who wouldn't give a good tip at a steakhouse? Nobody. Well, hopefully they won't. They need the spirit of poverty broken off their life too. Oh, I hate it. I'm not going there. Oh, I'm not. Nope. Nope. Bible says to doubly honor your elders. I want to encourage you as heart of the Father ministry to not only be faithful in your tithes, but in certain seasons when you feel led, I want to encourage you to sow financially into this team. I'm thankful for that family who's been taking us on vacation the last eight years, all expense paid for. Such a breath of fresh air just to get a breather. It's not to say that no one else doesn't work hard. This is not a, well, I work here and they work. We're not getting into all of that. We're just simply observing the Scripture, saying, Lord, if there's something that you want to speak to me about this, Lord, do it. So elders are worthy of double honor, especially those who preach and teach God's Word. As I mentioned um, in your letter here, um, there's an elder here, uh, first initial B, last initial D, um, that uh, has never taken a salary from Heart of the Father since day one. The Bible says that those who labor at the preaching and teaching of God's Word deserve double honor. How should we wrestle and feel as a community that one or not only two of our elders are not being provided for financially? Would they ever say it? Absolutely not. Will I say it? Absolutely yes. Something erupts on the inside of me of, Lord, I want to help. Lord, I want to do anything. How many of you just by a show of hands have benefited from the preaching here over the last nine years? How many of you know you wouldn't be where you are today in God without it? 
Case closed. I just want to encourage you as we move into the transition and the shift at Heart of the Father, as the Lord continues to provide for our elder team and they continue to lead and feed the flock, I want to challenge you according to God's Word to do everything that you can to give above and beyond all that God has asked. I remember being profoundly impacted by my father who there was an elder at the church who preached and taught and after 12 years pretty much cracked. He was one of the statistics of how difficult ministry can be and he completely burned out and had a nervous breakdown and literally was just done. I watched my father faithfully pay his salary for 18 months and he never preached one time. It's called honor. It's called thanksgiving. It's called sowing back into a man who for 12 years preached and taught the Word of God and said, you know what? If you're in a season of depression, if you're in a season where you don't know right from wrong, we're going to step forward. Profoundly impacted my life. For the Scripture says in verse 18, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Let me just give you three quick ways that we honor our elders. Are you ready? One, we esteem, we love, and we serve them. We esteem, we love, and we serve them. There's so many different creative ways, whether you have money today, a gift card, whether you're in financial duress and you just wrote something on a napkin and want to hand it in today. I want to encourage us to esteem and love and serve our honors, uh, elders. Number two, we support them financially. We honor our elders by supporting them financially, not only with our ties, but love gifts like today. And then number three, we demand that they be treated fairly. We demand that they be treated fairly. Do not accept an accusation. I want to encourage you, there's no quicker way for a congregation to lose the blessing of God than for the people to murmur and complain and accuse the elders. Now, I, I'm not sending a subliminal message. I, I'm not currently aware that there's a coup going on in this church to take out an elder. I promise you that's not at all what I'm talking about. But whether it's now or in the future, I want to encourage you that it's a really serious thing to accuse and to gossip and to slander the spiritual authority that God has put in your life for protection and blessing. I want to encourage you that if you have a problem with someone, go to them rather than talk about them. 
I want to encourage you, even in this season of transition at Heart of the Father, where God has transitioned me to the side, and He has now raised up and has continued to bless our elder team, I want to encourage you to not harbor, to not be a safe place for anything but kindness and blessing toward these men and their wives. Can I get an amen? So I want to appeal to Heart of the Father ministry that we would honor, that we would pray for, that we would trust, and that we would sow generously into our elders. But finally, just a quick word to our elders here, David and Barry and Brandon and their wives. In Acts 20, verse 28, Paul said to the church at Ephesus, keep watch over yourselves. And all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the flock. To our elder team, I appeal to you to continue to recognize the spiritual care that you have over heart of the Father. And remember that God will hold you accountable Peter said in chapter 5, verse 2, again to the elders, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must. <laughs> and I could just tell you at this church that if it was if, if you must, we'd all be gone. I say that in love. This is truly a work of God, His grace being multiplied through our lives that there is not one elder on this team that is doing this because they have to. There is a sincere desire in their heart to want to be a blessing to this community. I can't tell you how many elder meetings Barry has told me. He's just in shock and surprise at the quality of people that God has given underneath the care of Heart of the Father ministry. David Vespa is as he, he should win the Lifetime Steady Eddie Award. David is the most faithful, loyal, steady Eddie. What you see is what you're going to get. He has a history in God of faithfulness. I want to encourage you to partner with him. Can I just be honest? And I don't even, even know if it happened, but I'm going to say it, that David just went to Africa and did three weeks of mission. The church should have paid for every dollar. There is absolutely no reason that we could not have partnered in the work of the Lord. And again, whether it was announced or not, let's do better in 2020. Let, let's at the end of this year say, Lord, we've done the best with the knowledge that we had, but let's make it a point in 2020 to get behind our elder team and their wives to support them and love them. And I promise you, as you bless them, the blessing of God will be poured out into your life because the blessing comes from the head down to a wife who doesn't agree with her husband, but yet still chooses to submit to him, the blessing of God will come down into your life. Well, I'm only going to honor them if I agree with them. That's not honor. 
Lord's had to teach me about honor because I had a lot of dishonor in my heart toward a lot of people. It was interesting today, uh, you know, this week studying about honor. It's like the three loudest honor rings in the Bible are honor your parents, which we live in a culture that doesn't. Honor those in governmental authority who hates Trump. Don't raise your hand. And honor your spiritual leaders. It's like all three of these things are in major attack in this nation yet we have an opportunity to reverse the curse. I remember being stuck with some people. Just, the Lord said, Jeremiah, you don't have to agree with them to honor them. He said, find a way to honor the good in them, and therefore you position yourself to still receive from them. Because let me tell you, when you stop honoring people, you will stop receiving from them. Well, I didn't get anything out of that. Well, you probably don't honor them like you should. A lot of relationships in our lives that are no longer benefiting us. And it's not their problem, it's ours. We love them, we esteem them, we serve them, we support them financially. We demand that they be treated fairly. I'm encouraging our elders today to keep watch over your lives and the flock to take it seriously that we'll be held accountable to the Lord for the souls. And now finally, I just wanted to bring some couples up. You know who you are if you could head to the kitchen and get the gifts. I wanted to just have a personal touch um, for our elders, you and their wives, you can stay uh, seated uh, where you are. But I've just asked one couple um, that God put on Morgan and I's heart just to, just to share uh, a few kind words uh, toward the elders uh, and their wives that I believe we all could agree with. And then we'll do um, something special at the end. Sound good? It's really not that awkward today, guys, I promise. We're doing great. All right, let's have, all right, Sissy and Matt, come on down. And Sissy and Matt are going to love on Alan Brandon today. Can we give them a round of applause? going to go first, like before Matt and before everyone else. So, um, well, I'm um, Matt and I are so honored to be able to have this opportunity to just do what Jeremiah said and to just bless you guys and honor y'all. And um, that I actually am going to start my little talk out with a little bit of comedic relief. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Um, so when Jer asked us to talk, I just began to think about Allison, and I actually was thinking about my first memory with Allison, okay? Allison is in blue, kind of more towards the left, and I am actually in the hot pink pants with the 
red shirt on more towards the bottom. Um, <laughs> um, but my first memory with Allison is actually at Southeastern, and I think that we were in Bethany Keene and Tiffany Fritchie's, if I'm saying her last name right, dorm. And I just remember you, like, I remember this, I was a freshman, I think you were a sophomore, and I just remember you coming in, and you were, like, so funky, and you had this, like, weird color hair going on, <laughs> and a funky haircut, and I was, I was from, like, the South, you know, I was from Georgia, and I remember coming to Southeastern, and there was, like, so much music, funk, culture, and Allison, like, was in that vein, kind of, so that's, like, my, my first um, memory of you, and just your bubbly personality, and just how much fun you were as a freshman, I just remember that about you, back, we were both probably, like, 18 years old then, um, and then, you know, some time passed, and I just began to think about how you and I really connected over our dating relationships with both of our now husbands, praise the Lord, um, but Allison and I kind of shared some struggles in our dating life, um, and she, really, she really was able to speak into me and comfort me and just be a support, and so I love you for that. Um, but then most recently, um, we were able to serve here on staff together. And just one of the things that sticks out to me about Allison when I think about her and just the things about her that are so worthy of honor is I just remember sitting in staff meetings and Allison literally crying and sharing her heart for the lost and for evangelism and just her burden for people to know Jesus. And that was something that I, you know, we all want to have hearts like that, but that was something specific about her that I didn't know, you know, like the burden that she carries for for the lost to be saved. And she would just sit at our in our office and like cry, like with just sharing the burden for that. And um, I was, this morning when I was preparing for this, um, I was thinking, I think in, it's in Proverbs 13 that says that he who wins souls is wise. And I just think about that verse when I think about you and just want to bless you in that, that the Lord would continue to grow that and expand that and that you would not feel like you have to put that fire out, but that you would let him grow that in you and just, we just, bless that in you. Um, but lastly, when I think about you, um, I just think about your ability to open your home up and how hospitable you are. And we all know that, you know, that's so admirable. And then in scripture, we see that, that that's so important to be hospitable. And you really truly are hospitable. And I think that you guys, you know, everyone that knows y'all can speak about how hospitable you both are and how open you are to opening your home and just letting people in. And so um, I want to make sure you always offer listening ear to me. And I think all of your friends can say that. And um, um, you're always willing to help. And by the way, I just want to honor her. <laughs> I, didn't ha I didn't plan to say this. But if you were at the auction that she organized was that not like top notch like I mean that is some, like she is amazing and as someone that has planned things before like I know that you put so much work into that and all of the details like you are amazing and you bring a spirit of excellence to this body you really do you really do so um that's for Allison and then 
for Brandon. Um, I got to know Brandon better by just getting to serve on staff with you. And um, the things that I learned about you then were that you are gentle and that you are a lover of the word. And um, I can just remember staff meeting devos and you like, a good teacher is someone that can take what they are pouring out and it causes you to want to know that more and you carry that. And I just remember staff devos even like telling Matt, like, Brandon was breaking down like Romans 6 today and it was so good and I was learning so much and just, and you really, really carry that. Um, and then when, um, you know, the conversation was happening about you being you know, put into the position of an elder. I just remember that Sunday, um, you know, when they kind of put you in that position, I um, just really felt strongly in my heart that you, um, you represent the safety of Jesus to this body and the gentleness of Jesus, that you truly are a safe person and you represent that. Not that we all don't carry that, but I feel like that you carry that specifically that you you are trustworthy like you represent the trustworthiness of Jesus and um, and then um, finally to close as Matt and I were talking about this last night I um, I just felt like I like the phrase like that you're a good teacher came to mind and um, you know you can think about that in two ways first of all like a good teacher is someone that's smart like I said before, they, like, help the people that they're teaching. They empower what they know to the people. They pour that out, and they let them know that, and it sparks hunger and passion in the listeners. And I think that you do that well, and that's a great thing. But the when I kind of heard the word or the phrase good teacher, I really felt like it was more like the word good relating to the character of Jesus that's in you. And, like, when we think about Jesus, we say he is good. You know, like, his character and his heart is good. And he's trustworthy and he's safe. And so I feel like that, like Jesus is a good teacher, you are a good teacher. That you're good in the way that you teach, actually, but that you are good in your heart. And you you impart that to us. So that's all for me. <laughs> All right, I know, I know we got to get going. <laughs> Ladies first. Um, all right, so <laughs> Brandon and I go back to Josiah's wedding, all right? So back in 2012 <laughs> was where I met Brandon. He had hair then. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I do remember the one thing I remember the most from Brandon then was I was like kind of like this outsider guy coming from Georgia. Nobody knew me that was in the wedding. Um, and Brandon was someone that like I felt like I connected with kind of quickly. Um, I thought he was cool. I was like, man, this guy's awesome. I'd like to get to know him better. He probably didn't think the same thing about me, but <laughs> that didn't matter. Um, but, but there was something there that I was like, I think I'm going to be friends with this guy for a long time. And, um, and I remember... When we, when we left, when I left that weekend, I don't think Brandon and I really talked a whole lot until I ended up coming more back, getting closer to here. Um, but I remember he did something really special for Josiah 
we all, him and I, I think it was us three, we went to the mall, and <laughs> he ends up buying him, like, all this stuff, like, and I'm like, man, he's, like, really blessing this guy, like, Josiah, Josiah's a close friend of mine, I'm not giving him nothing, you know, but, like, <laughs> but I was like, but it, but it really blessed me, because he, like, he wanted to, like, his heart is to bless, you know, and, and it was really cool to see that, um, and I was like, man, I really love this dude, man, he's such, such a cool dude, and he loves basketball, and I do too, and I'm like, we're going to be friends, um, but I just saw truly in that, in that time, back in 2012, I saw that he was like, you're truly like a lover of God, and you wanted to like care for people with the heart of God, and, and I thought that was really awesome, and I admired that, but also saw more when I even got here and became closer with Brandon, just how humble he is, um, and, and his heart is to really seek to be humble um, like the Lord, and I, I remember I've had times where I'm like, does Brandon even ever get mad? You know, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen, you probably have, but, but, I, but I was like, I've never seen him get mad, and I was like, why is that, you know, and it's, it's because he, he wants to be like Jesus, and he chooses that low road, <laughs> more than the higher road or more than like something for himself. And I just really admired that about him. And um, we've gotten to, we've gotten to play basketball together since I've been here and just go on walks together. And just all of our conversations are always about the Lord, man. And I just really appreciate that in a friend. And um, it's what I long for and it's what I want. And he always is going to give that. And so it makes me want to be around him more, you know. And so he, he takes really good care of just our friendship, I feel like. Um, but lastly, for you, like if I, if I would say the thing I admire most about you is how huge your desire is to be Christ-like. And I was like, there's no greater calling than to become Christ-like, you know, and your desire to want to do that makes me want to be around you more, you know, and, and so I really, I'm thankful for that, man. I'm really blessed to have you as a friend in, in my life, and so I love you, man. Um, Allison. You're awesome, too. <laughs> uh, it goes back to Josiah's wedding as well as when we first met. Um, you know, I think with Allison, I didn't get to talk to you much then or whatever, but I, I noticed real quick, because I love worship, too, and I noticed real quick, I was like, this, this girl is really authentic in worship, and she's really cool. Um, and I was like, man, Josiah has all these cool friends and stuff, so it's just really, it's really awesome. But, but... With, with Allison, I truly feel like with her, it, like you're, I feel like you're like a sister to me. And, and, I, and I feel that because of what you carry and what you carry, Brandon, um, really resonates with me as far as family goes. And um, I, I love how you, you tell it like it is kind of person. The way you counseled sister in that time, I was like, who said that? Like that, yeah. It's like, thank you. I was like, I, I remember telling sis, like, you need to hang out with her more. You know, but, but, no, I really appreciate that, and, and I agree with sis, your love for the loss is, is really contagious, and it, it just, we want to be around y'all more because of y'all's heart for God, you know, and, and to just say for both of y'all, lastly, um, you guys carry something that, that we really admire, and that's the aspect of family. And, um, and what family looks like in the kingdom of God. And so, like, we always want to be around y'all and with y'all because that is the kingdom of God. It's all about family. And you guys really exude that so well, and um, it really blesses us. So you guys, being elders, we, 
we greatly honor you guys and appreciate you guys, but we want to let y'all know that we love y'all and that we'll stand with y'all. Okay. Thank y'all. All right, we're going to go to Barry and Diane. So we have the um, pleasure of just saying a few words about Barry and Diane, and honestly, we could we could probably be here all morning talking about how they've been a blessing to um, this house and this body. But we did want to share a couple things in particular um, about how they've blessed not only us and how we've seen it in our own lives, but how we know um, beyond a shadow of a doubt that they've blessed this body as well. And... Um, those things are just they're, um, the way that they're so grounded in love and in truth. And um, specifically, um, I wanted to talk about the love aspect, but it's the love that they have for the Lord, and it's the love that they have for each other. That's so very, very special. Um, we don't, you know, Barry can get up here and preach his guts about it about spiritual hunger and loving the Lord, but he doesn't have to do that for us to know and to see that his love for the Lord and Diane's love for the Lord is, is a, a way that they really lead by example in this body and the love that they have for each other, even. Um, you know, myself only being married a couple years, you know, you don't have to have Barry preach about it to see the fruit of it in his own life, the way he loves Diane, the way he loves his family and they're a true mother and father to this house and that the love that they have for each other is is so sweet and so special um very truly loves diane the way christ loves the church and it's um it's just an amazing example that they show here they really truly lead by example in this house i think every one of us um, would agree wholeheartedly um that they're just very very special and dear to, to this place and to this body and even to us personally. I've gotten to know Barry a little better. We have a Saturday morning standing meeting at the tennis court <laughs> weekly, so um, <laughs> we won't talk about that, but um, but yeah, it's um, it's awesome just, just to get to know them. If you don't know them, come up to them. They're the nicest, sweetest, most caring people you'll ever have the, the pleasure of meeting, and they're a true father and mother that will love on you no matter what and truly listen to you. They don't profess to know it all, even though they probably do know it all. <laughs> but honestly, they're, they're, they're really good, really good listeners who will um, walk with you through um, just hard times, situations, circumstances, and, and be there for you when you need them. And that's what a mother and a father is. So thank you. Um. Oh, but, but, but Jeremiah says something very interesting. He says something about how, like, if, you know, you were wondering, well, why haven't they invited me over for dinner yet? And he's like, well, why don't you invite them over first? Kind of in that same line, but if you ever, have, if you've never spoken to Barry and Diane, which 
you have to. Just, you have to just come up to them and say, like, introduce yourself to them, and they will never, ever make you feel like you're not worthy or why are you talking to me? Like, why are you? They will always invite you with love. So I want to encourage you, if, never, if you've never spoken to Barry and Diane, just come up to them. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Um, <laughs> you guys know how much I love, appreciate you guys just personally, but also us as a couple. I was just thinking about when, we, when Jeremiah asked us to share, I was just thinking about like, oh my gosh, what should we say about them? There's so much to say. Uh, but I just wanted to share something personal to me that actually happened recently. So my, our little daughter, Joanna's back there. She's only, um, she's about seven months old now. And this motherhood thing is like real, real life stuff, y'all. <laughs> Um, and it was, I was, like, really, really struggling, and I just, like, didn't know what to do. I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I called Diane. I was on my way to somewhere, and I was on the phone with her, and I was just sharing with her what was on my heart, and the thing that I just love, love so much about Barry and Diane is that I know I can trust them, and the reason why I know I can trust them is because they are so grounded in love and in truth. And they're not speaking just out of, like, emotionalism or just, like, what would be the appropriate thing to say right now. It's like, no, they know. They know by the spirit and they know by the word. Like, they can decipher. They, they know by discernment. And so I talked to her about what's happening to me, and Diane was like, I mean, I was a mess, y'all. I mean, like, I was like, am I even saved? Like, you know, all these thoughts. And she is like, she's like, gospel, you just need to seek the Lord. And, of course, people say that, you know. But she's like, you need to seek the Lord. She's like, because the word says, as surely as the sun rises, he will answer. And as soon as she said that, I mean, something just broke off of me. Because I think I had begun to have this fear, like, is the Lord even listening to me? I'm crying out. And she just, like, broke that off of me. And she, she has that authority because of where she where she is with the Lord, and she was able to just speak that over me, and that day, I talked to Luke after, I was like, honey, I think I got saved, like, I spoke to Diane, <laughs> I think I got saved, but I'm, I'm, surely, it's because it's, it was grounded in love, and in truth, and um, I just so appreciate that about you, Diane, and of course, Barry, you are a true father, and I just appreciate and I'm so thankful that you, both of you, just lead by example. And you don't push us. You don't push us behind from behind and say, well, why aren't you doing this or that? It's, I know how much you guys love us. And you guys just lead by example. And all we got to do is just follow, like follow behind you. There's Jesus. We follow behind Jesus. And then we follow behind Barry and Diane. <laughs> and um, we just love you guys so much. And we just appreciate who you guys are. We could talk all day, but we love you guys. All right, Dave and Julie. So we were asked to share about Dave and Julie, and it's a true honor to know this amazing, beautiful couple. I was thinking and writing what I wanted to say, and honestly, just didn't seem good enough. Call that a 
something of my past of just wanting to execute excellence and perfection and truly just wanting to honor them and be pleasing to the Lord in doing so. I had to cry about it, honestly. I had to just, everything I typed, I deleted paragraphs of stuff. I didn't write it. It's not as dramatic as writing it on paper and throwing it in the trash a million times, but um, I, I did write it and delete it and write it and delete it. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were done writing that. I'm like, no, I wasn't done writing that. I'm still writing. He was like, done waiting. Story of our lives, right? So, um, first of all, Dave, I'm thankful for who you are to our family, as you are intentional with each one of us, Haley, Landon, Joe, and myself. There's just an intentional fathering that you do in our lives, and, uh, and a friend, too. I'd say that for both of you, really, just father and mother blended so perfectly with friendship, um, not having an a earthly mother and father to look to for guidance in the Lord and our short walk with him, we can look to you. And uh, you guys don't know, I get a little excited, and I think it's something really powerful in looking to you guys being a calm, safe, what's the commonality here, I think, amongst our elders, a common, there's a safe place trusting place. You speak truth into our lives. And so um, I just really love the example that Dave sets for the men in our family, um, a willingness to be there for Landon, specifically telling Landon, I will be there for you when you need it. If you need anything, I'm there for you. And just men in the kingdom, he just, he works hard um, he works hard, and he doesn't take a salary. I don't know if you were capturing what was alluding. He doesn't take a salary from the church. He works 60-plus or more. His phone doesn't shut off if something's needed for his work and his business. He's working. He sets an example for work, but he makes time for those that need him in the body. So I'm um, just really thankful for your commitment to our church body in the kingdom and seeing it forward. Uh, Julie, we've talked um, just behind the veil here a little bit. Um, Julie thinks um, I'm inspiring to her. I'm uh, outgoing. This still makes me nervous to talk. I'm an extrovert, right? You think this is easy. It's, it's not. Um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> But I love the Lord. I'm going to be obedient to, to, to speak when he calls me to, right? And I, and I really am honored to speak about them. And I had so many things written about you. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me just to speak into your life things that you maybe doubt, things that you don't think you are. And we forget sometimes as people, right? Like we are hard on ourselves and we just don't think we're that enough, right? And why is this happening to me? And why is this... Uh, going on in our family and our lives, and um, you guys really have been through the lowest of lows, if you will, in the valleys, and you really have been able to stand on the hills and be joyous, but I just really want to speak into you. You are quiet in nature, yet that's not all of who you are. You are beautiful, truly beautiful, 
You're full of style and grace. Don't be intimidated to approach them. They are full of style and grace. They, they, they have it together, but they're not perfect. So please do not be intimidated to approach them. They, they love us. You are an incredible support system to Dave in the calling that the Lord has put on his life. And you are just as important. You have a call to stand beside him and to serve him as he's serving the Lord. And you do that beautifully. You are an overcomer. Although the valleys, as I mentioned, have been low, take time to get to know them in their story. If you've just arrived, they've shared before. Take time to get to know them. They've overcome a lot. And it's encouraging to me because then I know the Lord's using that because I know I can go to you, both of you, when I feel low. I can go to you when I'm high and feeling joyous and that you will speak wisdom into both of those situations and know, and I'll know that you know from a place of hurt and pain and excitement of how it come, you come out the other side of it and that you know he's faithful in seeing us through. Julie, you have incredible power in prayer. Uh, when you pray... And then the enemy attacks, you keep going after it. I really felt like you're a lioness, really. We were even in worship and the lion, and that was, the Lord is really using that. You step into that power of prayer. He is listening. He is faithful. He will do it. Do not step back from that power of prayer that you carry. He will he will do it. Jesus. <laughs> there is a fight in you for what is right and just. So continue to sharpen your sword for battle. And I really just felt like as I closed my eyes I could see us in the battlefield with our swords in the air and our shields in front of us just fighting just fighting the attack of the enemy and just prevailing what the Lord has set forth. You are a treasure and you inspired me. I love serving him alongside of you. Sorry, this is lengthy, but... Oh my goodness, God. (sighs) Um, Something else very special, I just didn't want to leave them out. I know they're not sitting here with us today, but just something very special that the Lord has done uniting our families together is um, our our son and daughter, Haley and Landon. Um, You know our kids, they're full of love, um, both very different in their demeanors, but one day they... uh, we were at home, and they said, we love Dave and Julie. And I said, yes, we do, too. And oh, their family lives far away. And uh, let's call them Grandpa Dave and Grandma Julie. And um, so imagine, we didn't tell them, and they run up to Dave and Julie one day, and out of nowhere, 
hi, Grandpa Dave, hi, Grandma Julie. <laughs> and um, they both graciously just accepted that and uh, that greeting. And later, if you've ever, you know, get to speak with Dave, he's just, he has a question. Sometimes he just kind of does this um, smile and he goes, um, what, uh, what made them decide they wanted to call us Grandma and Grandpa? I'm sure they would have maybe preferred Uncle and Aunt or something, you know. But uh, like, <laughs> but uh, I told them that it's because the, your grandkids live far away and they felt like they wanted to be your grandkids here. And um, if you know Julie, specifically both of them love their family, but Julie's heart aches for her family that's not here with her. And so that's really, God's in the details. He really put that on their heart to want to connect with them and fill that void that hopefully it will, it's not filling, you know, the place of, but hopefully just letting them just feel that presence on a regular basis here with us here. Give it up. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know, Julie, you've become such a good friend to my wife and, and to me, and you are. You're just uh, you're funny. You're creative. You're, you're a loving friend, and I really appreciate not only our friendship, but your friendship with my wife. That's very important. So uh, you're a very great person. Uh, David, on the other hand, you know, uh, he and I talk probably two or three times a week because he's, he's on the road quite a bit with his, you know, he has a, a business. He doesn't just have a job, a business. And, and he handles the uh, part of the uh, eldership here. So I know because I run a business that a business is like a little baby. It's, it's going to poop its pants. If you don't, <laughs> it's going you know, to cry. It's going to throw up. You know, so you really have to, like, pay attention and work hard on that thing. And you've had this baby for 20 years or so, your business? 20, 27 years. That's a feat in itself right there, let me tell you. So I know you probably work 60 hours with your eyes closed, you know, plus the work that you do with the, uh, the church here. I know you spend a lot of time with Brandon on the phone, and uh, I know you're on the road a lot. And you and I talk and say, hey, I'm getting in my truck. I'll call you in five minutes, and we'll talk for half an hour. And I know we'll be talking early in the morning or in the evening. And I, I always wonder, it's like, I wonder how many other people he's been sewing into on the road. I know it's not just me. I know that. I mean, we've talked about it. So I, it's, it's all the time. You know, in the middle of the night, you'll text Enrico at 4.30 in the morning because God woke you up and had something for him. You know, it's, that just uh, kind of blows me away, man. So I'm very blessed to have you as a friend and uh, an elder here at the church. With all the texting and calling, and sometimes I'll look down after a phone call, and I'm like, man, I just talked to this guy for 45 minutes. And that's a lot. That, that's saying something, right, Steph? Yeah. So as usually on our way home, I'll talk to her for five minutes. So I, I got to go. But I can talk to him for an hour. So, yeah. So his his business, he sells safety equipment for 
road work and construction workers. So he has that safety gift built into him. Yeah, in his business and here. He's watching over all of us. Yeah. And and with your family. You know, so it's like this is just a gifting that's been put on you and you uh, you walk it out very gracefully. So I'm very blessed to have you as an elder here, as a friend. Uh, he's a true watchman, guys. He's a watchman on the old wall, watching over all of us. And I thank you and praise you. Oh. There's more. I just felt like a book ending to this. I felt like as I was praying about it and again as I cried out and I just really felt like inner strength stood out to me and the prayer of Ephesians really was highlighted to me. So I'm just going to close out what we're doing with you for this specifically. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We're very blessed to have you as elders and friends and family. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. So if I could have our ushers come forward. And um, we're going to uh, take up a special offering for the elders today. I know some of you brought cards and different things, which you're more than welcome to drop them in the buckets as they pass, or again, I just want to um, just give you permission if you need it, you know, whether it's this week or or in the future as they come to mind, Um, you know, again, a a card, a love gift, a Pentecostal handshake, it's it's all good, and um, if I could just speak as a young person in here, um, us young ones, even if you're not even married yet, um, please, let, let's stop putting all the burden on those who are older among us. There's this thing in my generation of, well, the older people, they have money. We'll just let them bless the elders. Listen, I, I really, if you've got a penny, if you've, if you've got a piece of paper at home, I, I want to encourage you, no matter what your age is, to consider what the Word of God says. And then, of course, just consider what these folks mean to you and their diligent efforts and labors here at the church. So um, you can text to give uh, the amount uh, followed by the the speaker. If you're writing checks, you can make it to Heart of the Father uh, Ministry. And um, everything in this offering uh, will go to our elders and their wives. And I pray that we can be a, a blessing to them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity, Elder Appreciation Sunday. Lord, we lift up Barry and Diane, Lord, Brandon and Allison, Dave and Julie. Lord, we thank you for their investment, their life. Lord, bless this offering, Father. We ask that you would multiply it. Lord, that you would stir up your body. Lord, I I call on our body, Lord, to rise up and be a blessing in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, let's go ahead and pass those buckets around. We're going to do... Um, One last thing here as we um, head out today, 
Um, we have uh, in our midst uh, two men, I'm sure there are others, that really stood out to me that I, I just asked um, to come forward and uh, pray a, a prayer of blessing uh, over our elders. Uh, if you haven't yet gotten to know uh, Brother David Ravenhill, can we give Brother Ravenhill a round of applause? <clears throat> How many of you have been blessed uh, by the Word? And, and I encourage you to get to know him and Nancy. He's obviously been in ministry longer than most of us have been alive. And I just, I just felt, and that was a compliment, by the way. <laughs> I, I just, just asked him, uh, and, and Nance, I'd love for you to come too, um, if we could just pray a blessing over our elders during this time, and whether it's just wisdom or a prayer or prophetic utterance. And then I wanted to invite uh, Brother Randy Horton and Madeline, will you guys come? Uh, Brother Randy has also been in the ministry longer than many of us have been alive and uh, faithfully pastored here in town for how many years, Randy? 45 years, and um, I'm sure that not only all of us, but our elders could just benefit from their prayers. So as they make their way down, could we have our elders come down with your wives and kind of stand in the middle, and then um, we will let each of these couples in. Um, if the buckets haven't passed, it's okay, but could we all just stand just to conclude service and just stretch your hands out? Um, where did that... All right, who wants to go first? Yeah, they're, they're, they're too old for that. They're beyond ambition. Praise God. Go ahead. One of the things that uh, Jeremiah failed to emphasize was the matter of prayer. He had three things, I think. But uh, twice, uh, if Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, I'll let Barry uh, figure that out, whether it was Paul or not. But he says, pray for us as an eldership, and then uh, to the Thessalonians, pray for us. And so our responsibility is not only submission, but intercession. And so that we pray for these men, I think of Aaron and Hur, who stood on the side of Moses during a time of uh, incredible battling as he was uh, battling in prayer, grew weary in the midst of it. Aaron and Hur came along. We are the Aaron and Hur for these uh, men and women that we raise up their hands as we raise up our hands and believe that God will bless them and strengthen them and so on. So stretch forth your hand as uh, I pray, and then we'll have Randy pray. Father, we just thank you for these men. Thank you, Lord, for the calling of God upon their lives. Thank you, Lord, for the example that they've set for this body. And Father, we pray that, Lord, they would be united together, that, Lord, they would not uh, compete with each other but complete each other, Thank you, Lord, for the diversity that, Lord, you've placed here, that, Lord, that diversity would come in a place of unity, and that, Lord, we would advance, Lord, as a body. Father, we thank you again for the leadership. We pray your blessing, Father, over the families. We pray the blessing of God that maketh rich and adds no sorrow. God, give them the insight, the revelation, the discernment in these days, Lord. Let them be wise master builders. Father, as Paul said, I'm a wise master builder. Father, your word says, by wisdom, the house is built. By understanding, the rooms are furnished. Father, let them have that wisdom that, Lord, would cause this church to be all that you've intended it to be. In Jesus' name.
May 20th of this year was a day I'll never forget personally. It was a day that Madeline had to have a quadruple bypass. As we sat in that hospital waiting room, a text came over my phone and said, we're stuck in traffic, but we'll be there momentarily. Love you guys, Barry and Diane. They spent the next six hours in that waiting room with us, ministering to our family, praying with us, speaking words of encouragement and comfort. And God did exactly uh, what we were believing for, and they asked him to do as we agreed together in prayer. Brought my bride through quadruple bypass, and five days later she went home from the hospital. And she's standing here as a witness of the miracle-working power of God today. Hallelujah be to God. Amen. They didn't have to come. They wanted to come. Why? Because we're family. We're part of the body of Christ. And I tell you today that if they're worthy of double honor, I sense the Holy Spirit saying to us, they're worthy of a double mantle of the authority of God. Why? Because as Psalm 103 says, they hearken to the voice of his word. And as they hearken to the voice of his word, I believe all of heaven is prepared to back up what they speak when they speak in the authority of God. And I believe we ought to pray as our leaders among us that God will place a double portion of his mantle upon their lives today. Would you stretch your hand this way and agree with me in prayer? Father, this team has been created in Christ as your workmanship for good works. They are presently doing that, but I'm asking you and declaring today that a double portion of the mantle of your anointing and the authority of your word will go forth, and as they speak into this body, it will not only resonate with us, but it will be felt as it reverberates from this place literally around the world. For, Father, you have called this team to not only be leaders, but leaders are also influencers, and I pray that the influence that they have will be seen and felt generation after generation, and that you will continue your blessing upon their lives as they continue to fulfill the call which you've placed upon them. We give you praise and glory for what they've already been permitted and privileged to accomplish, but what is yet to come, because we believe that you have great things in store for those who will submit themselves to the call of God upon their lives. And we believe that this team has that vision and mission in front of them, and we pray that you will continue to give them wisdom and strength to carry out all that you've placed in their hearts to do as they lead us forward to advance the kingdom in this region. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Can we give them a round of applause?